Happy insert random holiday here day to you. This is Corey, and this is the O the Anthem podcast. Good afternoon, everybody. This is Rob. I'm not sure I like the way Corey's taking a tone with fathers, but happy Father's <laughs> Day to everybody. Uh, this is episode 376 of the O the Anthem podcast, coming to you from all over Los Angeles. But Corey is there for the next to last time in the hashtag OTALA studios, high above the 110 freeway in downtown Los Angeles, California. Thank you for joining us. Yes, thank you for listening on your podcatcher of choice. The easiest way, anchor.fm forward slash O the Anthem. And yeah, I you guess know, for, uh, for, I guess next week one is going us, to be uh, the going to be the last week with uh, uh, high above the one ten freeway. Yeah, high above the one ten. Mm-hmm. It's amazing uh, how things change. Yeah, what are you going to do? I mean, uh, <laughs> here we are, uh, end of an era, I suppose. Yeah. Um, but uh, more importantly, the one of us who's likely to become a father giving shade to fathers on Father's Day? How dare you? Oh, how I wasn't giving shade you? to fathers on Father's Day. I'm just making fun of how every single day seems to be some sort of holiday. Oh, uh, it's National Selfie Day today. Is it National Selfie Day? Apparently. Yeah, Britney yeah, Spears so and... Uh, uh, I thought I saw something day. about it being National Skateboard Day, too. Like... Like uh, you know, uh, maybe Amber Levine maybe, made a video. Maybe chill it with the uh, chill it with the days, you know. Like, can't yeah, it just uh, be Monday? <laughs> if anybody doesn't know, uh, Avril Levine made a video uh, recounting like uh, Skater Boy, and apparently, the secret to immortality is fucking Tra- Chad Kroger because <laughs> she does not look a day over nineteen. So, other than the tattoos, didn't she leave him and? And now she's with the the guy from Sum Forty One. This is oh, the extent of my Avril knowledge. I don't know. I I, I could have swore she went opposite. from one Canadian to the other. Yeah, I thought she was with Sum Forty One guy, and then she went to Chad Kroger. Oh, maybe I don't know. Oh wait, I feel like I have to research this now. <laughs> um, anyway, Get your Canadian uh, so... royalty straight. <laughs> Speaking... Listen, all I know is you have to wear the uh, Canadian tuxedo when I go, and uh, <laughs> you bow uh, from the shoulders, not from the waist. <laughs> Uh, there was a, uh, last week during Gavin Newsom's reopening for California, uh, he did it at Universal Studios and all the Universal characters were like there, uh, not the monsters for whatever reason, but like, you know, the newer characters, yeah. uh, and Optimus Prime like shouted out to Gavin Newsom and Gavin Newsom like almost botched the joke about bringing him to a budget meeting, uh, but you know, Which one of them is a robot. I'm not really sure. It's funny. I've been thinking about it more and more this week. Just the there, there was a meme that was going around uh, Governor Gavin Newsom with Mayor Optimus Prime, <laughs> and all week it's just sort of been tumbling over in my mind. And I'm just like, yeah, you know what? Why not? <laughs> Let's do it. How bad could um, it be? By the way, update on <laughs> maybe Canadian for a loyalty. change there would be an emphasis on how traffic moves. <laughs> No, because he can transform into a person and just walk out of traffic. He doesn't have to sit in it. He doesn't care. Yeah, I guess it's so. Like uh, Ted Danson's mayor taking the bus. Yeah. He's just like, eh. <laughs> uh, update on Canadian royalty. She was, in fact, married to Derek Wibley, uh, who is the singer from Sum 41, first, from 2006 to 2010. Then married uh, Chad Kroger in 2013. Divorced, 2015. Mm. Now, Avril, uh, who I believe is 35? single oh. well, all i'm saying Avril, i mean <laughs> blonde clearly has daddy issues uh you know um some tattoos uh likes to make horrible decisions when it comes to men <laughs> i'm available i'm just saying uh, i'm available so you know 
if you are interested, uh, Corey at OTHM.com. <laughs> I'll forward it along. <laughs> I won't. I won't open pictures of nothing. I promise. <laughs> <laughs> oh my! Uh, uh, so, speaking of well, questionable but, decisions, uh, <laughs> the uh, Supreme Court had a couple uh, decisions today. I thought we could uh, run through some of those up top before we get lost in some sports ball. Well, I just wanted to say, actually, like up top, up top. Um, I think that something is going on in the world uh, with. And I, I don't want to, to uh, accuse a certain kind of person, but I do believe that uh, the lushes are out. They're just getting wasted day in and day out now. And so, like, there's no news. There's absolutely no news. Like, uh, you're like, hey, what's going on? Uh, I don't know. Went to the bar this afternoon and uh, had a you know couple of six rounds and then uh, went home and passed out. Got up tomorrow uh, today and did it I- again. I don't really uh, know. I feel like this. We we first saw this happening in an age when Trump was gone, because like when Trump was here, every day was a new international incident. Yeah, you know, like yeah, yeah. And like I I think people, uh, after a year of COVID, after after all we've gone through, I I think people are are uh, taking a break and saying like, you know what, maybe not so much news for a little while. How about (laughs) we just, how about we just have a couple days without news every so often. And then Biden went to the GK or went to the UK, yeah. did the G7, went to NATO, then met with Vladimir Putin. News lasted like three or four days. We touched on it. That was it. Uh, but of course, he didn't, you know, tell NATO there was a huge bill that needed to be paid. He didn't like insult the queen. Right. Um, he didn't give Boris Johnson a hand job under the table. <laughs> it was nothing like crazy that anybody could point to. They're like, so the American I missed something from a foreign trip. <laughs> I just saw both of their hair as they walked out of the event, and I just assumed that there was a handy given to somebody under a table somewhere. Um, but yeah, it's, it's Rob just lives like, oh, in a much different world. <laughs> Why do you think I carry my hair so short now? I don't <laughs> give things away. It's uh, you gotta keep it together. But uh, it's like uh, the American president went out to the world and acted presidential. So boring. Yeah. Here's the Kardashians. Let me know when he falls down the plane, like. <laughs> alert me to the news like you know Again, you know it's, i challenge all those people to climb stairs in front of 200 million eyes and not trip once in a while like, uh, like, all right here we go left right left right left right left right. <laughs> also yeah th- to that point uh all of us have worn a new pair of socks for the first time like you try a yeah. new brand and then all of a sudden you find out like an hour into your day that these are going to keep sliding down like yeah We've all had a moment where shit isn't exactly how we want it to be. And if you're in dress shoes trying to walk up metal stairs and you didn't score them well enough, like, you know, it, it, that that can happen to anybody. I, <laughs> I don't blame them for that. All I know is that there is so little news going on that the fact that Biden was snippy with Caitlin Collins and then went back and apologized to the pool was like yeah. news for like four days. Like people were just like. At first, it was what? like, how dare he do it? And then it was like, you know, the return of civility to the presidency because he can apologize for his mistake. And then they're like asking Caitlin Collins, like, are you OK? Will you recover from this? She's like, I'm a newsman. I can handle it. You know, but speaking also of Caitlin Collins. Again, someone who seems to take their job seriously, maybe have bad taste in men, um, <laughs> you know, make poor decisions. Uh 
I'm available. Uh, also, if you would like to, uh, Corey, she ain't, she ain't got no time for you. I ain't getting no Caitlin Collins. <laughs> See, this is perfect, though. That's perfect because I don't like most people. She doesn't have time for any of it. So it's like, uh, who is the is is it uh, the writer uh, or singer that has like the houses in the different cities? But him and his wife have a house in different cities. Oh, Leonard Cohen. Yeah, Leonard Cohen. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I just like, oh, listen. I'll fly into D.C. It'll be fine. We'll see each other for dinner, and I'll be out. And then next time you're in L.A., we see each other. It's great. Sure. <laughs> Perfect. No no worrying about, like, a mortgage or any of Like, you got your shit. I got my shit. I can I'll be in and out all the time. My, I'll rent with my 175 credit score, and you can go buy a house <laughs> in Virginia with your 975 credit score. It'll be great. You, I don't want to bring you down. Like the house you could get goes down substantially if I'm married to you. I'm just letting you know it's it's not it's not a good situation. So, by the way, I I found my calling this week too, because I saw a uh, a meme that said that uh, why do you know 300,000 students have 3.3 billion dollars worth of student loan debt? Why don't we just take one student, transfer all the debt onto that one student, and then they can bear the sins of us all. And I said, I have had a Christ complex my entire life. <laughs> it is my time. This is my time. It's my calling. Give me all your student loan debt, uh, and I will forgive you. And um, if at some point, uh, you know, uh, the camera catches me as I, you know, lean gently against a wall. <laughs> also, if I could somehow have abs, that would be amazing, like a nice <laughs> nine pack. Great. Wrapped in a towel. Yeah, Jesus didn't have a beer belly. Yeah, unfortunately. Um, <laughs> although, I mean, do you think he had time to work out? I mean, although he hung out with uh, 12 guys all the time, just 12 guys. Um, so maybe. I, you know, maybe. I mean, he also, uh, you know, like, it, it's not like uh, you could go down the corner and get a McDouble, you know? Like, he, he's like, or he has advantages crazy. of, like, you know, walking all the time and eating, like, pure animal protein and... You know, the Middle East, too, so you got a lot of rice. A lot of, You got a lot of things that are there to help burn burn Listen, the fat he's, there. He's the son of God. He's sitting there with a dark-colored liquid, and they're like, what is that? And he's like, listen, in uh, approximately 1,800 years, a, a beautiful man in Atlanta, Georgia, is going to invent a beverage. And um, this is that beverage. I've turned water into Coke. <laughs> into um, what? Yeah, and then he's got, like, a loaf of bread, and he's like, let me tell you about the McDouble. <laughs> <laughs> and all of a sudden Jesus is a wizard I don't know why I, I just made him into a wizard But uh, there you go Yeah, Judas yeah. rubbing the lamp in the <laughs> <laughs> Anyway SCOTUS um, Serious <laughs> news <laughs> Wish number one I'd like some wine Wish number two What no bread with this wine Wish number three Fuck off and die <laughs> Well <laughs> Alright yeah, well Alright <laughs> <laughs> Succinct. What am I supposed to say? But it's the alternate ending to Aladdin. Like, <laughs> what's your third and final wish, Genie? G my third and final wish is for you. Fuck off and die. <laughs> you mother. You're all like. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Robin Williams is Jesus. <laughs> Oh, man. Well, let's move on. Supreme Court. We're workshopping. It's fine. It's a, it's a new era of Disney. I feel, I feel like this conversation is my friend's lawsuit. 
<laughs> yes. Uh, go ahead. Uh, <laughs> so uh, the number one, the one that I think will probably get the most headlines at some point here, as people sort of break down exactly uh, what it will mean going forward, is uh, the NCAA lost an antitrust suit, uh, which is limited basically to the kind of remuneration a uh, athlete can get through education purposes, like through the the school. You you sort of read this one up a little bit, Rob. What what do you uh, what was your quick take on that one? Well, so uh, the the what they it seems like the case that was at question is is about not about paying players to play, but uh, any compensation could violate your eligibility for NCAA play. So, like you know, um, did you you had a job while we were at Hofstra? Right? Did you work security at some yeah. point too? Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. So, like working security not allowed while you're uh, an NCAA eligible athlete. So literally like it's like scholarships and then out of pocket, which is why some shady stuff goes on. Like, you know, um, uh, I wanted somebody to come be a spokesman at my, uh, at my car dealership. Did I pay him? No, it just so happens he needed a ride home every day. And I gave him the keys to that Corvette <laughs> and it's not his car, but he drove it home. And then uh, his next work day, which was, Three weeks later, he brought it back, and then uh, I gave him a different car the next time, and uh, he took that home. It's a it's a tragedy, really. That's a long loan. So late, yeah, yeah. It's just it's just a loan. I'm letting him use it, but uh, that's not direct payment, and um, it would block them from doing simple stuff too, like getting an internship. Like there are some internships that with like say the federal government or the state government, they have to pay you because they pay all their interns. You cannot opt out of paying it. So let's say like I was a um, headed to law school, but I was also on the Hofstra baseball team. I would have to say no to a uh, apprenticeship or an internship with a judge because they have to pay you and I can't accept payment or I lose my NCAA eligibility. So essentially what this case said, uh, the justices were like, um, you're not equally applying the law. Uh, you are essentially saying you're not allowed to work at all, even on a volunteer basis with remuneration in any form. Also, you're only allowed to work for us without remuneration whatsoever. So it, essentially you've acted not only as a, as a trust, really, it's uh, my words, not Supreme Court's, uh, slavery with extra steps. Like you are, yeah, we're going to give you an education. Also, you belong to us. And by the way, the NCAA rules are if you change schools for any reason, even preference, even if you went from like an NC1A school uh, or how's it work? Is it 1A or 1AA? One double A. Yeah. Then, and you went down to like Hofstra at D playing baseball. <laughs> it's like, listen, I took a big hit in my like visibility. I went from like Nebraska baseball to Hofstra baseball, Colonial League D. Um, they would still say that, but you got to give up a year of eligibility because you changed schools. So it, it acts very much like you are uh, an employee for a company and you have non competes and you're also not being paid for it. So, right. And while they make millions of dollars, oftentimes putting your name on a jersey that while you're on the field does not have your name on it, just a number. So, yeah, um, I mean, I, I feel like uh, this is probably a good first step into getting players paid in like a NCAA video game. Right. Yeah. And, and Brett Kavanaugh basically said that, uh, you know, especially if it would be something that would like apply across the board, like, you know, if you're one of. 10,000 student athletes in NCAA that would be featured in the game, 
you know, the the pie of uh, likeness rights that would be extended out to everybody might be, you know, five thousand dollars a person or something like that. But everybody gets five thousand, regardless of whether or not you're the top quarterback, future number one pick or just some guy who plays backup offensive line for Hofstra, you know, like. Yeah. And I mean, listen, uh, you know, Brett Kavanaugh, I would never suspect that he like, you know, enjoyed maybe an adult beverage and walking, watching college football on a Saturday afternoon. But uh, he was the one who suggested uh, that perhaps direct pay was on the table, but essentially in the, in that context where like it would have to be equally applied. It's not a job where you have a skill set. You are a student, but you're also doing a job. So uh, Corey or I at, you know, like, well, me at six foot and Corey at, you know, a lot less than six foot. Five, we're nine. getting paid the, like I said, uh, we were getting paid a lot. Uh, we were getting paid the same amount of money as like the six foot six, two hundred and thirty pounds of muscle guy doing security. Like, you just make an hourly rate. It is what it is, right? Yeah. So you, by the same token, if you were going to do likeness rights, the guy who's the backup at Hofstra would have to get the same check as starting quarterback at Nebraska because we're just dividing it up. It's the same job. Yeah, we're gonna do payments, so. and I mean that's the same thing that happens with the NFLPA and like Madden or something like that. Like, Drew Brees doesn't get more money than Pat Ricard, you know? Like, he they all more they all get the year same year. Yeah, and you know, like Drew Brees might be the cover athlete, so therefore, <laughs> therefore he might get more money for that. But like, you know, there's no like it, as far as like a regular NFL player is concerned, you're getting the same amount. You, I think you get like five thousand dollars, and you get a copy of the game, and like some swag you know <laughs> but that's yeah. uh that, that's that's just what the nflpa has negotiated for like yeah, the way, up. that game costs you 75 dollars because they have to give away four thousand copies <laughs> of the game so they're like oh, we gotta make this up somehow Corey, he can afford 75 it's fine he'll keep paying it what a schlub that guy is he'll keep paying it don't worry <laughs> every, every year, year same game um there there was the other one that uh had your had you up in an ire there too? Yeah. So with, uh, yeah, I, I Fulton f- I don't versus want... Pennsylvania or Philadelphia. Yeah, Fulton versus Philadelphia. I don't want to confuse what I just said about uh, Brett Kavanaugh as a compliment. Uh, I was trying to in, uh, intimate he is a beer swilling uh, savage uh, from somewhere between New York and Los Angeles. Uh, you know the parts that don't matter, and um, he really showed that. Uh, in the decision in uh, Fulton versus Philadelphia. So basically, uh, and Corey, I, correct me if I, I tried to explain this as simply as I could. Uh, there are three standards by which the Supreme Court can judge a law that impacts religion. The first is, you know, basically just like uh, a 50-50 shot, general applicability. If it applies to everyone the same way, then, and it imposes something on religion, then it's allowed to, it's a constitutional just because like, oh, well, yes, but theoretically, if uh, Corey doesn't like cats, it still applies to him the same way that it applies to your anti-cat religion. So therefore, you both have to deal with cats. Sorry. Or if it's a law that applies to everyone, regardless of, relig- you know, like, right. uh, you're not allowed to drive 110 miles an hour on a 30 mile per hour street. Like, but you there's no, there's no the religious exempt exemption yeah. for that. I was late for church. I put the light <laughs> on top of my car. How is this not okay? Right. And there's no exception, right? Yeah. And the second one is that if it isn't generally applicable, then you have to find a compelling government interest against uh, or uh, in favor of keeping the law. 
And essentially what uh, Fulton versus Philadelphia uh, and that decided was, that was. That was the uh, example you made of like the noise ordinance, right? Yeah. So so essentially um, imagine, again, that a town has a noise ordinance that after 10 p.m. there can be no large gatherings, more than 20 people, and that noise has to be kept under uh, what's a reasonable amount of noise for a town on a regular night? I almost said 20 decibels, but I'm like, that's even that's like background noise. But I then I'm picturing Ridgely and I'm like, it's like zero decibels in Ridgely <laughs> <laughs> any given night. So, but like, let's say 50 decibels, right? So that's like a, a lawnmower two or three blocks away, which isn't super loud, but it's enough that it would disturb, it would wake me up on a Saturday morning when my neighbor decides to do it, uh, his mowing at 6 a.m. Um, so they put that ordinance in place, and then what uh, you can show as the town is that we've written five, six citations for this. Only one of them involved the religious group who is now petitioning you for redress, right? And the law in itself, uh, the Supreme Court would look at and say, well, okay, so it does apply equally, but it does also impact this religion. Is there a compelling government interest? Uh, okay, so the compelling government interest here is to keep uh, the streets quiet at night. And another part of this argument can be, um, is there an alternative? And of course, you know, uh, don't go out and preach on the street between 10 and 6 a.m. So you could literally spread the word of God every hour of the day, other than the eight hours between 10 p.m. and 6 a.m. And in fact, if you went to the commercial district, you could do it all day, because that's another limitation that we put on. Like, strip clubs can only be in a certain place. Right. Yeah. That's not religious. It only applies to strip clubs. And it has been pushed and pushed and pushed to the court. And the courts always said, like, no, there's compelling government interest in protecting certain people in society from uh, lewd and lavicious uh, activity. So we are allowed to zone them into certain places uh, like three blocks off of um, the main tourist attractions in. Baltimore. Yeah, that was that was like the whole like uh, when Giuliani used eminent domain to kick out strip clubs in uh times square yeah it was like a i'm doing this because i have i have a mandate from the community to clean up this neighborhood where children will be yes and like you and can have he, a strip club just not right in this block yeah they then he zoned some areas they created like a c4 zone which is for adult entertainment and then he said well we have places you can be you should go to there because if you stay here we're gonna use eminent domain to take the building and some people stayed and fought it. And it's, I don't know if that made it the Supreme Court. I know it made it up to the New York uh, Appellate Court where they said, like, well, listen, maybe it wasn't done in good faith. But as the law is applied, you're allowed to do that. There are other places you can go. Uh, he didn't outlaw strip clubs. He just said you have to go into these zones. And uh, they followed all the proceedings. You should have gone to the um, zoning board meeting. To fight the rezoning, yeah. and now uh, now you're screwed. So, uh, but so the third one is what they call strict scrutiny, which is essentially in a case involving religion. It says that uh, I have to look very strictly at this law and make sure that it does not impact uh, religion in any way. And historically, we have not used strict scrutiny when it comes to religion cases. Often, it's used for Fourteenth uh, Amendment cases. Where it's like, okay, so let's see, does this actually impact the way that people are claiming, the, the way the appellant is claiming that it impacts them? Like, are you going out of your way to, um, I think about giving cops the middle finger, but then that was you, that was like a, uh, a much lesser 
uh, scrutiny than strict scrutiny because they were just like, well, they, we've already said giving somebody the finger is speech. What difference does it make if it's a cop? Is there a compelling government interest in making it illegal to give a cop the finger? No. So it kind of fails there. But let's go on and look at that strictly uh, whether or not this would impede free speech. And um, yeah, and so th they just basically said it essentially takes away because you can have laws that allow that stop you from or at the time, I guess you had laws that could stop you from using profanity in public, but using a symbol to stand for profanity was the um, outlet against uh, using profane language in public, right? So uh, if we take one away, now both fail because you don't have the other as a uh, release valve for the opposite. Yeah. Nonetheless, uh, Amy Coney Barrett, big surprise, um, Handmaid's Tale herself, and uh, Brett Kavanaugh, both sided with the majority, but all but on their own side opinion, uh, essentially said, um, we should apply a stricter test. Now, the Supreme Court has historically not, but we should apply a stricter test when it comes to religious um, religious uh, laws, the laws that might uh, impact free exercise. And I think the example I used for you, Corey, was if a country put in these type of laws and this type of review and the country was a majority Muslim country, we would invade them. Like that's that's basically where we are right now. We are now that is. A, an inkling of what we have coming in the future because Brett Kavanaugh is like 42 and Amy Coney Barrett's like 40. So got a long time on the court at this point. And um, they're just going to be fighting for the application of strict scrutiny to religious exercise cases. And listen, I, I, I'm an atheist, so I'm not coming at this from an atheist point of view. I'm coming at it from a point of view of impact. If, if we use strict scrutiny to look at all exercise of religion cases, I could start my own religion, which I absolutely am. And you guys should look for, uh, for materials on that coming very soon. But, uh, what I would say is that like, I've started my own religion. I hold it in high esteem and I shouldn't pay taxes at all because I, I everything I earn is actually payments made to a religious uh, figure, the head of a religious organization. Now under most, uh, review, levels they would just, they would say things like uh well the irs is allowed to test you to see if you are truly a religion and then uh if i had uh billions of dollars in hollywood stars in my uh in my religion i would still be able to sue the irs until i got my way but it, uh, if i didn't i would have to drop it and just pay taxes under strict scrutiny though uh they would essentially say does this law impact the free exercise of religion now, I don't know if Amy Coney Barrett and Brett Kavanaugh would support my, you know, hippie-hippie <laughs> new age religion. Which you're ready to call a religion. Yeah, but <laughs> let's just say that they saw an opportunity and they would like jumped on it. Then essentially it would uh, overturn the entire IRS code. Because right now you have to prove to the IRS that you are a legitimate religion. But essentially only saying it is a religion is enough to get out of taxes. And if the law doesn't allow for that, absolutely then the law is unconstitutional. So, so it would just be like a shibboleth of uh, of, uh, of, of avoiding taxes, essentially. Yeah. I mean, listen, if you thought the billionaires not paying taxes was bad, wait till all the crazy Christians come out. And then uh, it's like, listen, I have a very distinct form of Christianity, and um, I believe that Jesus rose after 6 a.m. on the fourth day. So technically I'm a fourth-day Adventist. And... Um, you know. This is the, the first first holy church of Chuck the Dog. 
I would appreciate I, this I would appreciate I, my taxes not be stolen from me. I hit this dog with my car. <laughs> and two days later, he walked back in the yard. Okay. Praise so, Chuck. <laughs> so here we here we go. Uh all we have to do is create a church of oh god, what's the uh what's the term for that thing? God damn it. Flying spaghetti monster? No, no, no. Uh the Church of Sovereign Citizens. Oh, just, wait. <laughs> get everybody in. Like, And there you go. So, wait. Let's say you, and by the way, they 100% would do this. Uh, <laughs> you start the Church of Sovereign Citizens. Now you're overturning the IRS tax code. You're overturning the Social Security Administration. Yep. I mean, everything. Basically yeah. everything overturned because you were saying that the laws of the United States do not apply to me, despite the fact that I am in the United States because I do not claim citizenship of the United States. The 14th, the 10th, 12th, 15th, 18th. No, wait, not, and 17th. I mean, if you could make a make a compelling religious reason why you why it is against your uh, uh, religion. religion to pay taxes. I mean, like everything. Yeah. Yep. Uh, I don't want to register my child with Social Security, and I would like you to delete my records because that kind of oversight violates the laws of the Church of Sovereign Citizenry. Uh, and there you go. And that's basically the end of society. Until Amy Coney Barrett, her husband, and uh, the, the five wives and husband couples that come to their house every Saturday night, you know, set about to form the founders, and then, um, then you know, the annual purge begins. Well, I mean, I was hearing a lot about uh, in regards to this religious case in particular and Smith. Is, what are you what is your read on that? Like is uh, well, so basically the, the thing that really got me up in arms about this is the city of Philadelphia is trying to cancel its foster services contract with the Catholic, Chari Ch Catholic Charities of America, <laughs> who I believe at some point within the last 20 years we're placing children with whatever uh, adult was satisfactory in their mindset to um to foster now not adopt foster watch this child and keep them alive until the system can figure out what to do with them sometimes that does lead to adoption but it doesn't always uh and then at some point my guess is between 2016 and 2020 that policy changed to say that openly gay couples or openly gay singles were now not qualified as fosters and uh, as foster parents. And so the city of Philadelphia has started the process of trying to end their contract, which probably I didn't read that far in. My guess is it's like a 25 year contract or something they signed for unbelievably low amount of money. Yeah. Um, and uh, so the Catholic charities are saying no, because if you take that away from us, we will lose the ability to serve. And, um, I suppose that that's correct. I'm not sure how Frankie would feel about this. Um, I would say that the Archdiocese of Boston probably very upset. You know, they don't want to lose access to all those children. But um, otherwise, um, they applied the compelling interest test. And, and that is essentially the, that the other case that, that uh, they talk about in that division, employment division versus Smith, sets about the um, compelling interest standard. Which essentially, uh, again, uh, kind of as what I said before, where it's like, what is the compelling government interest in the need to apply this law and have it interfere with uh, religious free exercise? And um, essentially what the court found here uh, in Fulton was that the city of Philadelphia, I don't know if you know this, Corey, uh, 
rather well known for its um I don't want to say corruption. It's not really corruption, but it's like exceptions. The exceptions to the rules. Yeah. Everybody can get an exception. Um by the way, the tallest building allowed by law in the city of Philadelphia is what? It's the Penn National building, right? 110 feet. The city, uh, Philadelphia City Hall is the tallest building allowed. Every building that's come after that has been granted an exception because no building in Philadelphia is allowed to be taller than the statue of Ben Franklin that is atop the Philadelphia City Hall. Yeah. That's it. And they keep just granting exceptions to allow a skyscrapers to be in a modern downtown, which, of, of course. But uh, the court can look at that and say, well, look, you have a code that is full of exceptions like well i mean that was oh, in, it, that was in la too like uh right. la city hall was registered as like you know no building can be taller than the civic center basically and well but they enforced that for a long time didn't they change oh, the law well they did for a long time because it was uh earthquake safety i think like they right. were concerned yeah. about anything taller than that being safe against earthquakes and then as technology allowed for uh buildings well, to be built higher and still be safe and- uh, and when when Dwayne the Rock Johnson moved to L.A. and then they were feeling safe that he could save us in the event of a, a <laughs> yeah. large earthquake on the San Andreas, some sort of some sort of natural disaster, we got the Rock around. So he's inside yeah. county line. So um, so yeah, we'll go ahead and uh, let no, him build big buildings. But I mean, like I think L.A. had like uh, probably twenty years where that code was still in the book, but they were granting exceptions to it because. Yeah, you know, certain projects could show that they had put enough work into their earthquake plan, and then essentially somebody, somebody said it's a farce. We're just basically (laughs) granting it to everybody who applies. They just have to meet this different standard. So why don't we make that standard the standard? Right, and um, it changed the law. So uh, that's a progressive way of looking at it. And the the West Coast does progressive very well. East Coast not so much. Uh, I don't know if you've ever been around an Eagles fan, but they're terrible. Especially once they have children and move to the suburb. Then they're the worst. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> we may know a few Eagles fans. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so essentially uh, what they said is your code is full of exceptions. So you can't say that there's a compelling interest in this particular case to not grant the exception. Um, what's your compelling interest? And basically Philadelphia argued that, you know, a lot of children won't be placed if this isn't allowed but they have a lot of children in their um, foster care system. So it's not as if they have made an effort to clear the system and place all the children. So why? And I mean, it's not a terrible argument. That's the, the, the crappy thing about it is. So do you know that there was a woman who uh, sat on a bus and refused to move before Rosa Parks two months before actually? Yeah. She wasn't, she wasn't like an ideal candidate for a lawsuit, right? She was 15 and pregnant by an older man. Yeah. So they were like, okay, we love your story. You do not play well on the national stage. But 55, I think uh, maybe 45-year-old Rosa Parks who worked all day and all she wanted to do was sit in the blacks-only section of the bus. But then the bus driver tried to make her move because the whites-only section was full and she refused to give up her seat. So uh, she, now there's a woman, she's church she's a church godly woman and she works hard and she's older that's the one we want so i have an inkling that they thought that this was the case because of the clear bigotry that came from the the catholic charity saying oh what 
you have four con- felony convictions. Well, you served your time. Here's your foster child. Um, and allowing that, but not allowing a upstanding homosexual couple to take a foster child. That, that's clearly bigotry. But um, yeah, but then they got uh, hoisted by their own petard of exceptions. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, so uh, sorry, uh, back to the, the source thing, which was the employment division versus Smith basically set the standard for what is uh, a compelling, the compelling uh, interest, uh, interest test. And um, what, what do they have to reach? And basically one of those points that they look at is how often do they grant exceptions? So um, I can't, I, I don't know that I ever read employment division versus Smith, but let's just, I uh, make a hypothetical here where um, the employment division of whatever city that was basically said, we don't grant exceptions for anything at all. If you are on the schedule, you're on the schedule. Now, if you request off two weeks in advance, you can request off. But if you end up on a Sunday, you're working on Sunday. And Smith said, listen, I'm a religious person and um, I need off every Sunday to go to church. And they said, listen, we don't make any exceptions. Unless you request off individually every Sunday, two weeks in advance, you can't get the Sunday off. Then there is a a way that uh, the court could look at that and say, well, okay, look, general applicability, sure. But let's take a next step and look at a compelling interest. Well, while it would be reliable that this person would not be available every Sunday, it certainly may not be good for Metro to be short on drivers on Sunday because drivers could just not show up for work or be expected not to work on Sunday. And it may lead to them to ask a question on the entrance exam, like, are, are you, you religious? Are you a practicing religion? Right. And that would then be violative in another way. So either uh, we have to worry about a city full of bus drivers who are all diehard Christians um, from September to January, and they miss every Sunday of work during that time period, uh, or you uh, have to allow them to say, we don't allow exceptions at all, and we don't allow an, ex- an exception for this. Uh, so let's just say that hypothetical is how it would be applied. And they have that test now. That's what they applied here. And they said that there was no, uh, it wasn't granted uh, general applicability because there was a lot of exceptions granted across whatever code. And also there was no compelling interest for the state to make an exception of this particular Catholic charity. So. Gotcha. Upsetting. We are getting close. Like, this is what I hate about religion. And that's why I got worked up about it, though. It's just like, you're a Catholic. Defend this. Defend this. How is any homosexual couple not equal to a heterosexual couple? I mean, I, I, I can't defend that. But I mean, like, I don't think that uh, I, I think part of the reason why you know, like the Catholic church in, in particular is having so much trouble keeping people from coming in all the time is because a lot of their views are very dated. And when you dig your heels in as to, Oh no, no God has said that, you know, like being gay is a sin. And like when you spent so much time, like living in that world, it's hard for you to just all of a sudden like change it up, you know, like, yeah, it'd be like, if I just like tomorrow is this like, you know what I could really go for? Some mayonnaise on this sandwich. And you'd be like, wait a minute. You? Yeah, I'm I like, do not believe you. I've always loved mayonnaise. There's never <laughs> been a point where I didn't love mayonnaise. And then you'd be like, no, 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 no. Hold on. This is absolutely not true. I know for sure you've had you've had a, 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 a fight to the death over mayonnaise for the entirety of me knowing you. And now 
just suddenly in a day you decide that it's not going to be a thing anymore. It's like it was never I've seen a you thing. You drive forty minutes back to a restaurant to return a burger that had mayonnaise on it. Don't tell me there. There is a. There is a. Uh, I can see in the future just the, the, uh, the Catholic Church just being like, wait, what? No, we love gay. What do you mean? All yeah. of our best friends are gay. Like, you know, at some point they'll be like, oh no, we never did that. Like. Scientology or. is doing that too. Just going back to that one, like you know, yeah. they they based so much of like their whole religious structure off of like the level of humans. Like where where does one person uh, compete compared to another person? And usually, you know, your your level in Scientology helped declare <laughs> that level on the scale. But yeah. you know, just generally speaking, you know, the lowest of the low was the the pervert the the sexual miscreants and the homosexuals you know because it was in vogue in the 50s to just be like yo it's the gays fault you know yep because there was a lack of understanding of how this could potentially come back like it was just like oh this is always going to be in vogue it's all like nobody's going to ever be in favor of the gay agenda so why are we why are we even worried about this and then david miscavige went through the notebooks and he was like wait this is there's a piece missing here. It's under a smudge of mayo that Elrond <laughs> left on the page. Not the gays, though. Oh, that's very clear. Uh, let's reissue all these books. <laughs> you guys, you guys, <laughs> we got some new text. You're never going to believe this. <laughs> so to all the people that we uh, persecuted for being gay, sorry. <laughs> sorry. Yeah. Um, but I, I'm reading. I'm not reading. I'm listening to an audiobook uh written by um The Kid Stays in the Picture. Oh, uh fuck. Robert Robert Evans. Evans. Okay. Robert Evans reporter, war reporter, not Robert Evans producer, but has the same okay. name. That's how I remember it. Uh he wrote a uh a novel about um a civil war breaks out very similar to my books, uh, but it, his is kind of focused on Texas and how like um, Dallas, Fort Worth becomes this secular stronghold and all of these religious fundamentalists basically break up into like sections in Texas and uh, weirdly, weirdly accurate. Like uh, he's getting into stuff that I can see actually happening where it's just like, wait, you don't believe in my particular. Oh, so the opening to that is there's an uneasy piece in Texas because like, you don't believe in my particular brand of Calvinism? Well, you're just as bad as the infidels. And so like, there's so much infighting amongst the Christians because they can't agree on what the one doctrine is. And um, we're at the point now in the novel, in like chapter five, where uh, some great preacher has united them all and basically said, we are going to drive the heathens from the land and then we'll have a great holy war to figure out which one of us is actually right about God. And I'm like... I can a hundred percent see like Billy Graham Jr. and uh that dude who like jumped up on top of his SUV and was like, You take that back. Like uh in the reporter's face or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Starting starting a religious war where it's like and then eventually coming to a piece where they're like, Listen, can we just agree to kill all the homos and then we'll fight amongst each other about which God is right? <laughs> uh Creflo Dollar or Creflo Creflo? Creflo? Oh, Creflo Dollar, yeah. Creflo Dollar is just like, I'm getting the fuck out of here, and he gets on one of his three <laughs> private jets and flies fucking out of there. Yeah, I could definitely see that happening. So, well, anyway, welcome to Handmaid's Tale, and um, yeah. All right, here's the thing. Um, 
I know that there are people who like it's easy for us to joke about that. Like there are people who like look at Handmaid's Tale and like that future would be unbelievably terrible and uh, holy war and wherever. Here's the difficulty for me as a white male who grew up in the church. I just become like um, a shapeshifter in that society because they're like, which God do you believe in? And I'm like, uh, is there another guy? The one who sent his son to the earth to die? sacrifice himself left with us the holy spirit who's with us here today and they're like that's right brother come on through i'm, <laughs> I'm gonna cut your throat when you sleep but i'm good <laughs> for now so that's fine as long as you survive another day that's the only yeah. the only being rule white and, being white and male is uh being white and cisin male is uh i mean listen uh i i check my privilege but i also recognize my privilege there is basically zero point in time that I cannot go back to and bullshit my way into survival. Uh, that's not true. Maybe like 30 years from now, um, if Fox News is right, I'm going to be hunted like an animal. Being <laughs> white and male. I think the I think the relative statement there is if Fox News is right, which uh, so far, I'm, uh, no, not, not, not yet. Not yet. <laughs> not yet. I haven't seen it yet. Okay. Um, well. <laughs> Of course, I always, I always love when, uh, when something stupid and ridiculous is said on Fox News, and then my natural reaction to it is like, "All right, calm down. Like, this probably isn't a real thing." And then it turns into a real thing, however ridiculous it is. Just and then because it, of Fox News? No, well, yeah. And then I'm, I'm sitting there going like, "Okay, it didn't stop being ridiculous. <laughs> it's just, it's just now, it's ridiculous and true. Like." It, like the whole Arizona recount, like I would have, yeah. I would have told you beforehand. Like there is no way this is gonna happen. It like it's just stupid, you know. And Fox News is pushing it, and I'm just like, it ain't happening. I, I don't give a shit. And then it happens, and then people would be like, ha ha. <laughs> I'm like, just because it happened doesn't mean it should have. <laughs> like that's QAnon logic. That's the QAnon logic. Like, see, he was right. Well, okay, so he was vaguely right about one thing. What about these other three things? Oh, we don't know yet, do we? <laughs> did you hear okay. about did you hear about the QAnon people losing their mind here recently? Oh, uh, uh yeah, um <laughs> that they think that uh uh Q is sending them messages about um shit. Yes, I read a story about well, this on Reddit. So, uh, the 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 new conspiracy theory they're all following is that Trump will just be replaced as president on august 15th like there yes. you know there will there will be like a secret court thing that happens and then all of a sudden trump becomes president none of which i learned in any of my constitution classes but uh, i mean well, like, here's the thing it's not maybe, happening publicly though it's gonna happen in secret and he'll be the secret president and nobody will know joe biden will still be in the white house but trump will be secretly running things pulling the levers yeah yeah well uh the QAnon people got a little bit upset because uh, Trump and Bill O'Reilly are going to go on a speaking tour and uh, they book dates that are after the August 15th Trump will keep become president again time. Yeah. And they're just like, wait, how can he be president and go on a national speaking tour of Bill O'Reilly? Something doesn't seem right here. It's almost Maybe like it's almost like we're being lied to. Uh, by the way, the favorite thing I did uh, last week was, um, well, I got into an argument about um, uh, masks and COVID and people were like spouting stuff at me that I was like, where'd you get that from? What's the website? And they were like, 
oh, I don't read mainstream news. I read deep. And I'm like, all right, we're done. Um, but then uh, I made up a, a conspiracy and uh, made them all believe it over the course of the day uh, by feeding them updates to a completely nonsensical and non-existing conspiracy. And then at the end of the day, revealed to them that they would have all fall, fell for QAnon only to have them like, oh, no, QAnon's so stupid. And I was like, you were literally agreeing with me when I was making up nonsense. That's all this is. It's drawing wild uh, conclusions from unrelated things. Well, no, no, no. My dad, he's into QAnon. I would never be. I'm like, okay. All right. Yeah. Um, wasn't as satisfying as I thought, except for like the one person in the corner who was just like questioning my own existence. I don't <laughs> believe that that just happened to me. And I'm like, I got one. All right. One out of six ain't bad, uh, especially for millennials, because half of them probably didn't know the big words I used. It's always funny. Uh, like uh, when you realize something like that, like how, how easily people can be led astray. I realized something the other day I was listening to uh, Gary V. And I realized oh, Gary V. Hold on. Hold on. I think you're going to like where I'm going with this. I okay. just realized he's like the new. Oh, God. What was that guy's name? The medium. Was it John Edwards or Chris? Edwards? John Edwards. John Edwards. John Edwards. Yeah. Same name. Yeah. Like how like he could just he 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 picks up on the on the cues of the of the people in the audience to determine how he's going to react. Like it's yep. all about just like. uh uh, deflecting and projecting a different uh, a, pit, a different attitude towards every single person based off of how they give you the stuff that they're like if you yep. started if you talk to Gary Vee and you started with like man I'm so fucking psyched I'm so happy I can't believe it everything's lining up just the way I wanted to he'd just be like yeah man the hustle I love it it's just like my mom's finally dead so I can do what I want <laughs> he'd just be like he would throw him off so bad he would be like oh man I've already committed to this hustle line, and now here I am out in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> what do I do? <laughs> yeah, I think uh, I know he hasn't used this as an example, but uh, he always billed himself as the guy who could go on like like Joe Rogan and like Oprah because his message is so universal. Yeah. It's not political. It's not. A, but you're a fucking hustler. You're a snake oil salesman. And also, by the way. Stop preaching about how to be successful. You were born rich. You were born rich. You stayed rich. Good job. You got born on third base, and then you celebrated all the way home as if it's something to celebrate. Some of us were born outside the stadium and then had to get enough money for a ticket to fucking see the game to even get in and play it. Some of us, and that's not me, for fuck's sake. I was born on first base. Again, white, cis, male. Born on first base. Didn't have the money, but I'm on the field. So there we go. Um, and I do dumbass shit like, uh, you know, running past the guy on second so he's out and then going back to first <laughs> just to try and give the guy at the plate a better shot, you know? Shooting myself in the foot, but also fuck that guy because he's like slightly better off than me, but also doesn't recognize his privilege. So um, speaking yeah. of baseball. Uh, you like that transition where I was trying to work a baseball? <laughs> Speaking of baseball, uh, Rob, I want to, I want to, I want to uh, read your pulse on this one, okay? Mm -hmm. So, in our lifetime, the uh, the two big cheating scandals have been steroids, mm -hmm. and have been the Houston Astros banging on trash cans, uh, trying to guess pitches and right. uh, yep. give themselves the advantage of that, and going on and winning the World Series. 
now we have a third cheating scandal in our lifetimes, which is oh, no. foreign substances on the baseball. Uh, right. Where upwards of maybe 70% of pitchers have been using some form of substance on the ball in recent years. Now, what uh, is the rule about about substances? What can you because you sweat? It doesn't count, right? Yeah. So technically, and, and uh, bel- balsam or what's uh, what's in the the. So they have a rosin bag. Rosin. That's and what it is, yeah. you can sweat. You know, like there's no. You're supposed to try and like wipe off sweat, excess sweat. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but there's no rule that you can't sweat. <laughs> yeah. And then when you, uh, combine sweat and rosin then it creates like a sticky like you can literally just like put your hand out like this and the ball will stick to it if you have enough sweat and rosin on your hand like and you don't need to actually it's what grip they put it. on the bat what do they put on the bat pine tar but that's illegal uh, for pitchers right you can't have pine tar you can have it on the bat but not when you go out to the mound yeah and i mean like but it, essentially they can they can make pine tar by mixing their spit their spit and their sweat with the rosin that's available to them right and i mean like technically you can use sunscreen too because they can't keep you from wearing sunscreen Right. Yeah. Uh, and like uh, those are all legal. And you know what? Even though pine tar has been illegal as a substance you use as a pitcher, it's also been kind of like commonly understood that pitchers are going to use pine tar in certain situations. Like, say we're playing in Boston and it's fucking 40 degrees outside. I would prefer the pitcher on the other end have a little pine tar to go to because I don't want him to lose control of the ball and hit, and me. hit me. Like, you know, or, if it's cold or- out. The grip is beneficial for the pitcher, so he doesn't hit me. Is the has always or, been the logic for. If you have a higher RBI rate than your ERA rate, I also am accepting of the pine tar because I'm like, <laughs> look, this guy's hitting home runs, man. I gotta let him. When he gets the bat, I can't put him at a disadvantage. His uh, Jake Degrom from the Mets uh, is apparently a goddamn monster. Uh, more strikeouts, uh, first uh, 100 strikeouts since they moved the. Um, Pitcher's mound is 60 foot, six inches. He has an ERA of 0.5, whatever. What did you say it was now? Because it like went up a little five, bit. 0.56 or something like that? Yeah, 0.56, and a, he's batting 400 with uh, with he's, like six RBIs. He's given given up four earned runs all season long, and he's hit six RBIs all on his own. Yeah, so his net runs is plus RBI. two. <laughs> yeah, he's, I was going to say, he's, he scored people. To plus two. That doesn't even count when he gets on base and allows someone else to hit him in. So, you know. <laughs> if you play like that, I'm like, yeah, he's got pine tar in his hands. Yeah, he's got more hits than you have this game. How about you get out there and stop bitching? How about that, huh? All right. <laughs> I also like I also like the Shohei Otani uh stats from this past week. Tuesday, yeah. home run. Wednesday, home run. Thursday, six innings pitched with a win. Uh the <laughs> Third, or Friday, off. two home runs. Saturday, <laughs> home run. Sunday, home run. As a person who was playing against Shohei Otani in uh, fantasy, I was very, very upset that he decided this was the week <laughs> that he was just going to literally do it all. Um, oh, man. No, but uh, hey, thank God he's in the American League and he's not hitting on the days he's pitching as well. <laughs> um, so. uh Basically, since uh, the last time that we paid attention to pitchers and foreign substances, uh, there has been basically an arms race to develop the best substance. And like I said, upwards of 70 percent of pitchers, it's it's uh, being thought are using some form of substance uh, to gain an extra grip on the ball with the it, with the idea being that uh, in recent years, spin rate has become everything. So right. if uh, 
And that's not a thing we could determine before because we didn't have the high speed cameras and the different machines that could like determine how many times the ball <laughs> was uh, spinning in, in a in a pitch, right? But unless you're an Orioles pitcher, then you can just eyeball the zero rotations <laughs> on the way into the. <laughs> I mean, the Ephus doesn't really have that many rotate. You know, like you just sort of it's just a soft toss into the catcher's mitt. Um, by the way, they were about to there was about to be a combined no hitter against the Orioles, and then all of a sudden, Michael Franco hits a home run, and I'm just like, thank you. It's ten to two. All Nobody's I needed was up. a hit. <laughs> thank you. Um, oh man. So. Where where do you stand on uh, on pitchers and these foreign substances now? Like, is there do you find this as offensive as steroids? Do you think it's a uh, a reasonable thing? What do you think about them like cracking down on it in the middle of the season? Well, so I I mean I think reasonableness is one thing. I, I was about to say I remember a like twenty fourteen I want to say twenty fifteen I can't remember. It was while we were still like in Baltimore going to games. Uh, the Orioles were on the road against the Yankees. And somebody had like a sheen on the outside of their arm. And I remember there being talk after the game about four white umpires questioning the pitcher who had put cocoa butter on his arms before the game and then sweating it. It had like built up a sheen so you could see it, but it wasn't clearly there to aid the pitching. He had like, he had it on both elbows. So like it looked as if it had been applied as, actual lotion um now did he use it to help pitching highly likely if i knew i had a substance on me that i could explain away and it would help my rotation get up then yeah you know get a little slippery substance on there but it was like uh this accusation of, of racism and i was like yeah so that's why you would want to have a black ump um on the the crew right because he's like Boy, why do you have cocoa butter in your eyebrows? There, that's not where you put it. There, no, 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 no. John, you don't ever put. I, I've been black my whole life. You do not put it in your eyebrows. <laughs> Kick his ass out, like right. But then you got four white guys sitting in there, like. What is it? Is it on eyebrows? I hear about the Vaseline. Is the Vaseline on? But that's lips, I think. I don't think that's eyebrows. And like they're discussing it, like I'm not gonna be. John, I am not going to be called a racist. All right. I like this job. I'm trying to keep this job. <laughs> and they, they're arguing, right? But by the way, uh, that is a message about diversity overall. When you have people in positions of power that are matching the diversity of the people who they're looking at, you get good decisions rather than like a bunch of me's trying to one, be progressive, two, not be racist, and also three, not, not called be out. seen as being <laughs> racist, even if you are trying to not be racist, right? So. Uh, but to the main topic, uh, here's the problem. I, I think I believe I believe I once said on the show, uh, let's let everybody take steroids, and it'll make the game so much more exciting. Just like it, we'll push the fence back to 650 feet, it'll be the polo grounds, but all the way around, and then just like <laughs> a new age of baseball. The problem though is when you let pitchers cheat, then it gets to be boring for the casual observer because you know you have to be a baseball fan to enjoy a pitcher's duel where it's a um, combined no hitter on both sides and you're like in the night you're like is anyone gonna reach base in this game and uh you know uh, a, tw a 10 year old kid sitting there like this is the worst experience of my life all i want to see is a hit i got my glove i'm in the upper deck i just want somebody to hit it up here the kid you're never getting a ball down here uh, <laughs> sorry to break your heart steroid is over um but uh 
I mean, honestly, it's like, um, where do you draw the line? Because when it came to the steroids, it literally had to be in everyone's face and even more than in your face. Cause Barry Bonds head was like four sizes bigger than it should have been. And nobody said anything. It was only when like it leaked from whoever was selling the drug, I think. Right. Yeah. Is that how that broke out? Yeah. The guy got in trouble for selling them. And then it kind of came out. Well, yeah, how I are mean, you going to, you know, how are you going to police it really? Uh, well, wait, so, and what's the corked bat story that you always tell about the, the guy jumped into the uh, umpire's dressing room. Oh yeah. Jason Grimsley. Story? Yeah. <laughs> I, see. I, and I, 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 uh, I go back to that. The, the, uh, uh, how, how cheating can be admirable. Like <laughs> there's a way, there's a way the cheating. There's a little bit. There's a little <laughs> bit of, uh, like, it's not it's not a perfect system, but like, you know, there, there there's a means by which you're doing it to affect a positive outcome in some way, you know, like um, and I think pitchers want to be the best versions of themselves. And this is raising spin rates and making them into video game characters. And, uh, you know, it's fine. Like, I, I don't mind it that much. I I, uh, I think my big problem with it. And I got this from uh, Trevor Bauer's YouTube. Now, Trevor Bauer is uh, been long outspoken on this subject. He said, you know, the if the MLB MLB should do something about it uh, and they should get rid of all these foreign substances. But if you're not going to do anything about it, I'm going to use them all I want. Like, right. So yeah. he apparently found out found a, the best uh, substance and has been using it. And he and every other pitcher on every team he plays for gets better all of a sudden. Uh, yeah. Whenever he's on the roster, <laughs> he joins the team and everybody gets better. Well, the spin rates on the Dodgers up until recently were higher than they've ever been. So hmm. weird. But uh, wait, wait, what you said recently? What happened recently? Well, MLB cracked down and said that the umpires are allowed to check for foreign substances. So uh, all of a sudden, spin rates have declined precipitously. Uh, like everyone knew that something was about to happen. Um, I, I, I appreciate a couple of his points, though, where he, he said, you know, to to do this in the middle of the season, like basically go into the season saying, like, we're not going to do anything about it and, and then decide to do it in the middle of the season could have unintended consequences. Like he said, for instance, uh, Tyler Glass, now one of the best young pitchers in baseball, uh, recently got hurt and there was some talk about whether or not he had been gripping the ball harder because he didn't have the sticky substance anymore to aid him. And uh, therefore yeah. he might've uh, gotten a Tommy John surgery because he's not using his substances, you know, hey, he's bearing down and it put too much pressure on the elbow. Right. And by the, the way, the over the shoulder throw is an unbelievably unnatural motion. Yeah. We should not be doing that. Well, and beyond, you're chucking a spear and beyond that, he, he also brought up the point of like umpires are not the best, uh, like this is not the job that they signed up for to determine what level of sticky is illegal, you know? Yeah. Cause you can have the rosin, you can have the, you can have the sweat, you can have the sunscreen and that's legally allowed to be that sticky. But like, at what point do you go beyond like, where's the Mendoza line on stickiness? You know? He's like, all right, listen, we're going to bring a bucket out here. I want you to dunk both hands in and then grip that towel firmly three times. And All then right. it, now, now we're gonna call that you, clean. If you float, you're a witch. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Yeah, but I was going to ask you, like, hit rates aren't down, right? Like, the game, we're still getting big hits. You're still getting uh, high-scoring games. So I think at least where we were at the beginning of the season, it wasn't making an impact to the point that the power had shifted away from the batter to the pitcher. Well, It was maybe equalizing it some. But. So it was. The hit rates were down. Uh, really? League-wide batting average is down from where it had been before. But that also sort of aligns with the sort of three true outcomes style of offense that's happening right. now, where it's like I either want somebody who walks or hits gets a home run and then nothing else. Like or if they out. strike out, it, it's fine. It doesn't even matter. Like yeah. uh, Chris Davis, when he was swi- striking out 200 times a season, doesn't even matter. As long as he gets those dingers, it don't matter. Um, yeah, it's not small ball anymore. It's not about just getting guys on and moving them around. It's right. put on a show. Well, it's the it's the Earl Weaver, you know, like uh, good pitching defense and three run home runs, like, you know, that's the whole that's the whole ball of wax there. Yeah. Uh, but I, I think it'll be interesting to see where things go. I I I uh, I, I do agree. It's kind of shitty to like change things up on pitchers like halfway through the through the season. Like this might have been a better uh, if they thought about it a little bit more and did it before the season uh, next year. That might have been a better way to approach it. It, and um, there wasn't an incident like uh, Major League where like he goes out and he like takes a guy's cap off and he's got the the bottle of Vaseline <laughs> inside and the sandpaper down his back. Like, it, it, if they're doing it, it's in measured response so that it's not obvious. You would have to walk up and like, let me see your hands. All right, elbows, back of your neck. That was one of them, right? Was it uh, Michael Pineda with the pine tar on the side of his neck? On, yeah, on the side. That's what it was. Yeah, yeah. That, and he got ejected for that. I think. Yeah. Right? So. The funny thing was, you could see it on uh, that was against the Red Sox, and John Farrell was coaching the Red Sox at that time, and you could see it on his face, like when he walked out to the referees or to the umpire. He's just like, "Listen, I never do this. I never <laughs> complain. I never complain about somebody who's got a little pine tar on a cold night." But what the fuck is that, really? Like, uh, <laughs> he's got a, a rash on the side of his neck made out of pine tar. Come on, man! It's like a like the uh, whatever. There's a meeting of like all the bad guys in a in Gotham or something like that, and one of them just kills the other one, and it's just like Jesus, Jeremy. We have rules in a society. Like, <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna make this pencil disappear. <laughs> By the way. Uh, just two more quick uh, sports things, and we'll we'll get yeah. out of here. Uh, for the longest time on this podcast, uh, we followed the old joke in the NBA of you have 82 games to eliminate like four teams, and oftentimes the teams we would we would pick as uh, the teams who had no shot in making the playoffs ever were the Wizards, which they've gotten a little bit better, uh, yeah. but the Clippers would be on that list, the Suns yep. would be on that list, the Bucks yep. would be on that list. The Hawks would be on that list. All teams that have not won a championship or have not won one in a very long time, longer than our lifetimes, and for the most part have been, like, really bottom-rung organizations for most of our lives. Uh, Surprise, surprise, they're the four teams left that are in the NBA championships or in the NBA finals. So it'll be, you know, the Clippers or the Suns, representing the west and it'll be the hawks and the bucks representing the east this is like a i I know 
NBA can't be happy about this because, you know, they want the LeBrons and the Nets and like yeah. all the big stars and stuff like that. But I mean, the like mega teams flunk out in the playoffs. I so really get to do. I really do enjoy like every once in a while when we have a playoff matchup where it's like they've never won a World Series. <laughs> it's like here they are for the first time. And it's just like, I hope they win. <laughs> I hope they win. I'm always going to root for the for the fan base that has never had a win before. You know, is that what is that what happened in 2014 when Kansas City came to Baltimore and you were just like, you know what? Secretly, I hope Kansas City does win. They need a win. No, because that was uh, 2014 was when we got swept. No, that was yeah, that was KC. Yep. Yeah, because 2016 was, first- was when we lost to Toronto because Buck put Ubaldo in. Yeah, no, 2014 was the sweep, four games, yeah. three, the first three in Baltimore, and, uh, and we just got to watch them lose. 2012 was the year we lost the Yankees in the first round. Like, we beat the Rangers yep. and then lost the Yankees, yeah. Yep, uh, 2014, we went to Detroit. Yes. Came back, only to watch them lose in Baltimore. Yeah. <laughs> um, but now I get it. Now I understand why, because you secretly wanted Kansas City to win so they would get their first uh, World Series championship. That's they good. won good one before that, right? Uh, I don't think so. George Brett never got a World Series with the, with the Royals, did he? I don't think. Uh, I don't know if George Brett did, but I thought somebody did at some point. That's like uh, Charles Barkley never got a uh, NBA championship with the Suns. That's how bad they are. See, in our lifetimes, too, 1985. They won the World Series. The Royals? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> did you know that in 2014, though? That's the question. I didn't. But I mean, like, I, I guess somewhere <laughs> in my mind, I thought, much like I did right now, like, they had to have won one. I feel like they've won one. But, uh, yeah, there we go, 1985. We were alive well, for it. Back to the NBA. Yeah. Uh, so you, you named a fifth team there. So the Wizards must have made it all the way to the uh, the semifinals or the uh, they they're in it to win it, right? And no, they they made the playoffs, <laughs> but uh, it did not look like they were in it to win it, if you will. Like uh, they well, were in it. You made the playoffs to eliminate two. Te- you play all the games to eliminate two teams. And so making the playoffs not so impressive. You were in it to in it. That's basically. Yeah. <laughs> and then one last thing. Uh, there's not much to say here, uh, other than like, uh, attaboy, I guess. But, uh, Carl Nassib is, uh, our first openly gay NFL player, uh, who will make a roster. There, there was a, uh, a player a couple years ago who admitted to, or who came out, uh, but he never made it to a roster. He was like a practice squad. Yeah. Uh, undrafted rookie type i think he i think he had come out in college or something like that yeah and then when he it looked like he was going to make an nfl team but then wasn't good enough to make the cut uh and then never played what i can remember Um, Uh, see now i remember him looking like he was going to make a cut then coming out and then all of a sudden being persona non grata and not being picked up by anybody see i I, I thought about this a lot though. I, I don't know if uh I don't know if Carl Nasib is gonna get the kind of hatred that like a Jackie Robinson got, you know, like Yeah, absolutely uh, not. Uh, it's it's you, first uh, of all, he plays for Vegas. Well yeah, I mean like we're we're in a different time for sure. I'm not saying he's not gonna hear it at all, but uh I I think it, it I, I'm sort of split between this like clearly there have been gay NFL players prior to this. 
Like yeah. somewhere, <laughs> like some of them we know about, they come out after the career is over and stuff like that. Oh, uh, Jackson, what are you trying to prove? Come on, <laughs> two sport Dion. <laughs> Yeah. Are you just are you just insinuating now? <laughs> I'm just insinuating. I'm a, I, you're trying a little too hard. Like, uh, oh, I'm going to go to the All Star Game in two sports in the same year. Okay, all right. <laughs> you're a manly man. I get it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> it's a, Bo Jackson could still murder each of us with his bare hands. Yeah. So I'm not trying to. I, I I'm not trying to say unkind words about the man. Uh, really thought of him breaking the bat over his helmet <laughs> and throwing the two pieces in the dugout. Oh. Yeah, we would be we would each be one side of that bat. That's basically yeah. <laughs> um Yeah. But I mean like thankfully we live in a, a more progressive society where he probably won't hear it the same way that like a Jackie did or something like that. But So uh, he, he's eight times a year he's gonna have to play New or uh sorry, six times a year. He'll have to play in LA, mm. Seattle. No, LA, Kansas City, Kansas City uh Denver. Yeah. Denver. Yeah. Okay, so Denver and LA, I mean, weed's legal. So I just <laughs> use that as my benchmark of like how progressive is a place. I don't really I'm not concerned as much. Although I'm not sure the people who smoke weed and the people who go to football on Sunday are the same group. I'm sure there's a lot of uh overlap in that Venn diagram, but not a hundred percent. There's some crossover. Kansas City. Yeah, Kansas City maybe not as much. Uh but also like uh They've embraced Patrick Mahomes, so there's another like benchmark if you want to look at how accepting a group can be, like, uh, you know, racially, I suppose. But uh, I mean, it's not as if he's playing Dallas. Uh, what are really racist places? Uh, Indianapolis, <sighs> Dallas. You know, imagine he had to go play Indianapolis twice. In front year. of Mike Pence. Yeah, Mike Pence is sitting up at the a top, and he's like, Mike uh, Pence. If he comes out on the field and walking out, I've done it before. I'll do it again. <laughs> I flew all the way here. I will leave here and fly back. Uh, <laughs> Listen, I know the Raiders aren't playing today. Could you just uh, you just suit up and come out on the field real quick? We just want to send him home. Uh, <laughs> We're just done with Pence. Yeah, nobody wants him here. <laughs> Democrats hate him. Republicans hate him. Everyone hates Mike Pence. Uh, oh, oh, look at us. Bipartisanship. We're coming together. We're healing the wounds. <laughs> Oh man! Well, you know where else you can go to heal some wounds? Uh, where is that? Oh, the anthem dot com, Cordo the anthem dot com, Oh, the anthem on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and the listener line four four three two one nine seven five nine five. What's that number again? Four four three two one nine seven five nine five. You can find more of me at my website CoreyBakerFilmmaker dot com, Facebook dot com forward slash CoreyBakerFilm, and at Legends to be five on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. Uh. And- I'm not going to say it anymore. You guys. Come on, man. Come on. <laughs> I am working on videos. I uh, I am not good at this. So <laughs> I I am my uh, one of these days I will make the the uh, how ADHD slowly ruins my life videos. And uh, hopefully people will understand a little bit. How the executive dysfunction in my brain can be like, you really need to get a video out this week. And at the same time, it's just like, guess what you're not doing this week? So, well, yeah. Uh, so, I mean, like, listen, it's it's understandable. You've uh, been on set 12 hours a day, at least the last seven out of eight days. So, an insanely busy schedule. You got nothing coming up in the next few days. Plenty of time to. Well, I mean, I got a, I got to move 
and oh, I'm, right, and yeah. I'm on set this weekend during that. Oh, movie. right. Yeah, yeah. So uh, <laughs> probably good. You're not going to make promises about content then. Yeah. Let, let, let's just uh, let's just say that soon enough, things will calm down a little bit. And then, and then let's hold me to some promises. Uh, but that's it for me. Uh, it just reminds me of when uh, like the pretty girl in high school was like, you're going to take me out someday, Rob. Still waiting. Still waiting. You can find more of me at Robert and Chico on our attention network. Um, I did put a video out uh, last week, probably enough for you to watch even this week since it was 92 minutes long. Uh, so do check that out. I am going to be editing it down and putting uh, some of that on the Instagram story. I already did uh, some comments about Olivia Rodrigo. If you know who that is, sour. Um, check that out on Instagram TV, IGTV. Uh, also, I had something, another response about something I put up there. I'm angry a lot, so I just like rant about stuff and then uh, put it on on uh, on, on Instagram. YouTube. So yeah. that's that's probably the best place you can find me. Uh, I am considering uh, a new uh, a new series for the YouTube that's uh, inspired by In Treatment from HBO, where I just pretend that the camera is my therapist and we just have a session and uh, I just you know talk about whatever I want to talk about and then. Uh, I'm looking into the legality of if I think the camera's a therapist, does doctor patient privilege uh, apply? If, you know, I admit to doing horrible things. Um, so far, research says no. So we'll see. I mean, as long as those horrible things isn't like what we saw on How To with John Wilson, I think you're okay. Um, probably worse. <laughs> probably. <laughs> All right. Well, I think we've done good here today. Uh, we've done something. I do not know if it's good. But as always, you are listening to the O the Anthem podcast, part of the O the Anthem digital network. For Corey, this is Rob. Have a great week, everybody. Optimus, is that you? <laughs> Wait, what's the rest of the line? Don't leave him hanging. What's, what's the rest of the speech? Governor Newsom, we stand here with you. Well, uh, Optimus, I... Can't wait to invite you up for our next budget negotiation. And then that was it's it. a new and then, big and then on to boring California reopening shit. Oh yeah, we're reopened. <laughs> Yay. <laughs>